Have you ever had an idea for an app or maybe wanted to take the skill you've learned at your job and start your own thing? Well, today we have a conversation with someone who's done just that. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have... Uh, my co-host and partner in crime, Ben Manley, on with us today. He's gallivanting the beaches of Maui somewhere. But we do have my friend, Andy Matheson, who is the co-founder and CMO of Glovebox App. Andy, welcome to the Friday Habit. Hey, Mark. I appreciate you having me on. This is going to be a blast. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Now, um, I was doing a little bit of research about Glovebox. Are you guys Glovebox App or... Glovebox, the app, what is it? Good question. Just Glovebox. <laughs> okay. And we happen to be in the form of an app. There you go. We nice. We get that all the time. Because, so <laughs> you know, some some companies are like .io, and that's actually like part of their name as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we looked for Glovebox.com, and that you would uh, – I guess you shouldn't be surprised at how expensive that would be. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, why don't you tell a little bit uh, – tell our audience a little bit about what Glovebox is and, uh, you know, what kind of company it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so myself, my brother, and my business partner, um, Sean. So Sean, my business partner, my brother, Ryan. Uh, we're all, we're, we are all former insurance agents and agency owners of a fairly large independent insurance agency here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, my dad actually started that company in about 1998. Um, as an independent agent. And it was a small book of business then. Um, my brother joined that company in about 2011. I joined in 2012. Um, and then over the course of that next seven, eight years leading up to about 2019, uh, we sold a lot of insurance at that agency. We built a huge team. Uh, at any given time, we had about 120 agents uh, with about 30, 35 individuals that were handling customer service. So the organization was pretty large. Uh, we scaled very quickly. We got to know the independent insurance channel extremely well. It allowed us to say, hey, there's a big gap here. The clients are confused if if they're writing their insurance or if their insurance is being written with an independent agent, but that independent agent is writing their insurance with another company, say Progressive, Travelers, Nationwide, just to give you some examples. The client is confused on who is their agency and who is their company. And the reality is that there's a gap there in that relationship. So we said, hey, we need to help the independent insurance channel and help bridge that gap. And so Glovebox allows a policyholder to manage their insurance regardless of the company that they're written with. So typically you download an app for that company that you have policies with. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're an independent agent, you have probably 15 to you know, 20 different insurance companies that you're writing business for. So now you can have your own app, say it's the John Smith agency, uh, which there's thousands of John Smith agencies out there and he can have his own technology and promote his own app. So Glovebox is the platform for John Smith to have his own app that he can license and provide his policyholder with the opportunity to manage their insurance, regardless of the company that they have insurance with. Wow. There's a lot there. 
<laughs> so, all right. So I want to unpack some of this, but before we do that, I want to hop in. I want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, you know, you, you said that your dad started the insurance agent agency in 98. So, uh, safe to say you've kind of spent your whole life around that business. So yeah. what, 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 um, when you were a little kid, when you were just a young guy, uh, did you have dreams of being a insurance agent someday? Was that like you were, you know, outside pretending to like close deals and find the best options for your clients when you're a kid? I absolutely love that question. So I posted on LinkedIn a, a few months back a uh, picture of a yearbook that I had when I was like 10. And inside that yearbook, it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I put that I wanted to be an insurance agent. And how funny is that? <laughs> uh, and no one wants to be an insurance agent. I think that's silly, right? It's not yeah. fun. Um, but it's because I would watch my dad at the kitchen table at night after dinner, calling his clients and selling deals. And I thought that was interesting. But the thing is, as I got older into my teens and into the college years, I said, no, I'm not doing that. That seems terrible and not, not fun whatsoever. I want to be in yeah. sports. I want to do media and, and all this stuff. And so it definitely veered away. But then it came full circle because my pops brought me into the agency uh, right after I was at a startup company for a year and a half at that time. So that's kind of how that goes. Yeah. What? Um, so when you, in college, did you major in in a particular, what, what did you major in in college? Communications, very broad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of didn't know what you wanted to do. So exactly. you're like, Everyone I'll do doing. business communications. Yeah. <laughs> I think college is, and that's a whole the rabbit hole of a conversation, but college, if you don't have a specific niche, it gets kind of broad anyway. So it just, you know, pick a topic and you roll with it and you see how it goes when you graduate. So. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I am, and we've talked about this on the show before, but I am definitely uh, not against college, sure. but I'm also not a for it a hundred percent in the sense of, uh, you know, if, if, if my kids don't necessarily have something that they want to do, I'm not necessarily going to push them to like, you have to go to school. You know, um, I, I was self-taught, you know, I was somebody who never went to college, but, uh, you know, learned a skill, learned how to apply that skill and then, um, monetize that skill. So, um, you know, for me, it, it kind of worked out that way. So, um, so anyway, so you, you graduate from college and right out of college, you go work for a startup or? Yeah. Yeah. I did okay. an internship with 850 KOA here in Denver. Okay. Uh, was working for, you know, that station who handles the Rockies and the Broncos mm -hmm. and, and the Avalanche and the Nuggets. Um, so when you, when you did communications, was it something that you were like, oh, I want to be a broadcaster or, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I want to call sports and, and, and whatnot? Precisely. Whether it was okay. on the sideline or up in the booth. And so I was, you know, gearing towards that. I had a great opportunity, but as we all know, that's a long winded career in order to get to where you actually want to be yeah. and make the money you want. And so that was just something that didn't really come to fruition. Although it was still a cool experience to do an internship with a cool big radio station. Um, so anyways, moved on to a uh, startup company here in Denver um, under a company called Weigh-In, W-A-Y-I-N. Weigh-In was recently acquired, but that, that was an interesting company. It was actually uh, founded by um, an, a gentleman who you might know, uh, a lot of the listeners might know. His name is Scott McNeely. Um, okay. He was the former- uh, Sun student. Microsystems, right? You nailed it. You okay. Nailed it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were big here in town uh, over by Boulder, right? Exactly. And so, oh. you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And so I was kind of his 
assistant uh, at that company, really, because I would just be handling all his business that, you know, assistants would do in that role. Um, but it was an interesting experience over there at a startup. It gave me the understanding of what it's like to have a startup company and how this could all work out for me in the future. I didn't mm-hmm. realize at the time that's what I was going to end up doing, but um, it was a cool opportunity and experience. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, you know, when you were working at that startup, what were, you know, some of the things that you saw there that you did it maybe plant a seed for you to say, Hey, maybe I, I want to do something on my own. And then at it, some point did your dad, were you working there and your dad called you up to the majors or was it like, ah, oh, it got bought and then you had to go find another job? Uh, the former where I was getting an understanding of how startups really happen and it's so much harder than, um, you know, than it seems from a, from a, you know, employee perspective at the time I was just kind of riding coattails, but from watching the business owners who had to put it all together with scotch tape, um, that's what's interesting about it all. Um, and we can dive into more of that side of it here in a bit, but, yeah. um, but as an employee, you're kind of watching the, the pressure and the stress of the people who operate and run the company from the executive level. It's a lot, man. And, and the employees do have to pick up the slack of wearing a lot of hats. And so, um, mm-hmm. I got to see that firsthand and then, yeah, my pops ended up calling me into his office one day. He did, Hey, I know you're not making a lot of money over at that uh, startup company. Cause that's the truth, right? You have to earn that. Yeah. And then, um, uh, he was like, what's, let's get you into the industry, the insurance industry. I know you have curiosity about it. And so I was actually the lead generator marketing director at that insurance agency. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a good role for a young guy, uh, you know, to step into a family company. I have another friend who's, whose parents actually own an insurance, uh, company, independent insurance company. And he does the same thing. He's the, like the marketing manager yeah. for the company generates leads, um, you know, so they can sign up, um, more agents, you know? So, um, but it seems like, uh, you know, something that if you're, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, when I become this old man, there's going to this young guys who know the technology, who understand social media, all that kind of stuff. It's like, get them in on that and, uh, start to, uh, have them help out the business. So did you have any reservations at all when you were, um, thinking about going to work for your dad? Like, were you kind of like, ah, I don't know if I want to work for my dad or like, or do you guys like, what was that like? Interestingly enough, I think that was the exciting part was going to mm. work with my dad and my brother would, had been there a year already. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm joining the family firm and it's going to be really a cool experience to get closer with them. And, um, what's interesting too, is my brother and I weren't all that close until I joined that firm and really? got to know, you know, him even on a better uh, level because he's about four years older than me. He is uh, just north of four years older than me. And so we had a okay. little gap there when we were growing yeah. up. And so that was kind of interesting. But the reservations really were held in um, the insurance concept of just, I don't want to sit writing policies all my whole career. I want to do something interesting. And so what's kind of led into an insurance, uh, which is a very antiquated business and uh, industry, um, the concept of InsurTech. Uh, InsurTech is a very interesting wave inside of the industry that's taken off. And so that's helped make the industry more modern and uh, move faster than ever before. So that's kind of what helps keep me in, in line with why I wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm sure how, how long were you in that role of doing marketing and yeah, and, about uh, 
five and a half years in that role of just lead generation, beating okay. the streets and, and meeting with uh, prof- building a professional network of people to send in business, mm-hmm. um, which ultimately led into a sales manager role uh, for those individuals who were selling the policies of the leads I was sending in and then a recruiting role. So that was kind of the three phases at the agency. Yeah. So what what were some of the challenges that you, you kind of came across when you were doing that as far as, uh, you know, doing lead generation and, and, and all those kind of things on the, the kind of the top of the funnel? Yeah, the front lines. Um, well, first and foremost, if you don't have the personality or the... I don't want to use the word character, but if you don't have the right, uh, you know, build for walking into an office for the first time of people you don't know and trying to sway Mm -hmm. them to send you business, it's a very awkward moment. Yeah. You know, you're trying to hand business cards to mortgage brokers and lenders and financial planners and say, hey, if your clients need insurance, I'm your guy. And that is a nurturing kind of aspect that you have to hold, but also mm-hmm. kind of like a stick your chest up because I'm, I'm the best in the business and I'm going to be your referral partner and I'm going to earn it. And that takes time and you got to have mm-hmm. a certain, um, you know, personality for it. We had many people try it and it just doesn't always work. And so I had to learn how to, how to be that person. Yeah. So what, I mean, what were some of the things that you did in order to be that person? Like what were some of the things that that, um, you mean you know, besides was it- sitting in a car before walking into an office and blasting music <laughs> so I get pumped up? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, what are some steps that, uh, that you look back on and you say, oh, like I was reading these books or I was going to these seminars or, or doing X, Y, and Z to kind of help develop me? Because I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, maybe some people weren't, aren't naturals at a certain thing. Uh, you know, when it comes to something like sales or whatnot, but I feel like it's something that can be taught and it's, it's something that can, you, you potentially can overcome whatever, you know, fears or, um, insecurities that you have. Well, my compensation was due in part to the leads that I was bringing in. So I had to do it. I was Mm. forced to get into those offices and do it. Like I need more money. And it's like, well, make more sales. Yeah. It wasn't very hard (laughs) to get that motivation, but really, um, failure was easy to learn off of. It's like, Mm -hmm. you're gonna, I walked in and had so many no's and I'm just not doing it right. So change your scripts and do some, do things a different way. So trial and error was doing part to that success. And then I had a business coach at that time for a couple of years who did help me, who groomed me. I was, he was a mentor outside of the industry that helped make sure I was uh, establishing myself as a certain presence, uh, not only in the office, but when I go on these visits, we call them just weekly office visits. And so I was mm-hmm. just becoming a different person then. So it, it helped yeah. me uh, make that uh, into a really good position. Now, it's to me, it's sounding like, you know, your role um, is – you're, you're doing marketing and, but kind of like an in-person marketing where you're kind of going out there and, and sharing what your company has to offer these other people's clients. Essentially you're trying to build a rapport. Now, did you ever do any type of like on the digital side of things? You know, it's funny because we had six core marketing strategies and really the smallest one had to do with social media and digital at the time. It was Mm. 2012 and it just, for me, it didn't make sense for an insurance agency to do that. Um, And so 
our six core strategies, one being that the professional networking has to be first and foremost. That's the easiest low-hanging fruit to get business. Yeah. Um, because if you have mortgage brokers who have clients who are buying homes, then they need home insurance, and that was very easy. Uh, realtors doing the same concept there. Uh, mm -hmm. Financial planners helping clients save money on their insurance to help their financial well-being. And so that was kind of the low-hanging fruit. Uh, but then you just have a variety of other things like community networks and, and sponsorships and uh, social media, like I mentioned, and um, X dates, which are basically, hey, I didn't sell you this year. I'm going to try and selling you next year. And that's just a list of people that you call once once a week. Um, so anyways, those core strategies didn't really dive into digital as much as I wanted to. And that's where I yeah. did want to go. It just didn't make sense then. So Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, and, and I think I, I can attest to this is that you relationships are really the thing that drive business, you know, and I, I can kind of look back over the past, you know, I started brand Viva, um, you know, five years ago now. Sure. And, you know, we've grown to a small agency and, um, you have a few employees now and, and, um, awesome. whatnot, but I can kind of like point to, to, you know, all the clients that I have and, and, and whatnot, like kind of where they came from and, and kind of has all been about just building relationships. Um, do you feel that your job was instead of more of marketing, uh, the services that you guys provided, did you feel like it was more about relationship building and just kind of putting yourself out there and, and being top of mind for, for people that you were interacting with? Yeah. Um, Gosh, what a good question. It's solely due in part to I would meet with 150 plus people a month getting those individuals to attempt to send me business. And mm -hmm. you knew within the first couple minutes whether you and I were, were going to get along, if you were going to be a true partner or not, right? Um, mm -hmm. You have a good sense of that. Um, and my job was just a relationship builder because if they if I was cool with them and I could just come into their office and chop it up for five, 10 minutes and then they would just send me business just because we're cool, right? It had yeah. nothing to do with my company. I hardly had to sell my company. It was just me selling myself. And that's all it really ended up being. Uh, because then we were on the same page and I can be transparent with them and ask them for business very easily. So it's starting with, you know, getting a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you, you are in the family business and you are ahead of marketing, which is really relationship building and you kind of putting yourself out there, pushing through uh, any barriers that you may have had personally, as far as um, trying to develop your personality and your uh, skills to interact with, with different people. So you, you start finding some success. Dad's happy. You're, you're, you're growing the, the business. And at what point uh, are you like, Hey, let's start an app. Now, I, the other question I have for you real quick is the Glovebox app is like the parent company, the family business, or uh, are they a sponsor of the, the business? This, or is it its own kind of entity? Um, the latter. You know, yeah. Yeah. We sold our agency um, okay. in 2019. So it was that, that's, I'll just touch on that for 30 seconds. My dad was ready to consider retirement mm -hmm. and having an avenue of my handing down the company to my kids or we had equity interest in the company already, but where we're going to take over and have, you know, full, yeah. you know, full equity there. And so, um, but we couldn't afford that business because it was worth so much. And um, so we sold to a private equity firm in 2019. It allowed us to say, hey, you know, we're not going to continue down the path of building this agency because there's no ownership now. Um, mm -hmm. So let's take 
those earnings and turn it around and go into build our, our own company that is in the same industry but does a completely different thing. So Yeah. And so where did this idea come from? I mean, was it something that had been in the development for years uh, well, or something that you guys had seen a pain point? Like, did you get together and start brainstorming? Like, what could we do? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think it was like 2017, 2018 when my brother came to me and he was the original, like he, he, he was the engine behind it all, the architect um, behind coming up with the idea. But it's like looking at our customer service team of 30 plus people, they're answering the phones all day of the most basic, what we call tier one customer service requests, things that aren't making the agency any money. Clients are calling in saying, hey, can you send me my auto ID card? Can you send me my home declarations page? I don't have that. Um, Hey, who is my insurance company? I don't remember. Um, Hey, do you have my policy number? I don't have that handy. I'm trying to log into my insurance company's website. These are things that are tier one. They don't make the company any money and they're a waste of time for both sides of the table, for both parties. So we were like, we need to help fix this. This is a problem that client agencies are wasting a lot of money on customer service teams mm-hmm. and time and, and all this and on that. And, and so we can help make them more efficient, their operation and improve the client experience on the on their side. And so we said, let's, you know, start working on the concept of bringing all companies together into one platform and allowing a client to go plug into that one platform to get to what they want to do. So if you think about it, there's 200 plus insurance companies out there that actually write the policy um, or that actually hold the paper to the insurance policy. Um, but they all have their own app and it's individual. And so you could be in with Progressive this year, but next year you move to Nationwide just because it's a better rate. When mm-hmm. I have to delete the Progressive app and you have to download the Nationwide app, and if you didn't do that, you'd forget who your company is because you take that piece of mail that you get when you get a new policy and you put it in a filing cabinet and you're just like, I, right. I don't I don't remember who my insurance company is. By the way, Mark, do you know who your insurance company is right now? Uh, well, you know, I, I have been with one for a very long time. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes it easy, but, you know, people do yeah. switch pretty frequently. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So. I mean, they, I'm just, I guess I'm just too lazy. I'm just like, ah, I'm not paying too much to where I'm concerned yet. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, just the concept of, say, if I'm written with an independent agency, I probably don't care about who my carrier is, my my company. I just care about John Smith because he wrote my policy and that's my relationship. So I want to download John Smith's technology and be able to access the company who he writes me with. So that's the concept of Glovebox. And that idea evolved over the 2017, 18, 19 times. We would meet before and after our data job to determine how this was going to work. So we'd put things on a napkin. We'd talk about it. We'd be at a brewery discussing how it all go down. We hired a, a... what who is now our chief technology officer okay but we hired him to just give us an idea of how this could work and he started going into these company websites which are really just client portals and seeing if we can have access to them behind this like Like an api or something like that you got it exactly like seeing if these apis would work and we were successful at saying hey we can grab all these we can enter the front door of all these insurance company portals and pull it into one place so that was like, oh my gosh, it's going to work. Let's put yeah. all let's put all our energy towards that, and so that evolves quickly. Yeah, and and so you had someone 
well, it was another friend or something like that who was who was like developing the app or or yeah, yeah he putting was, that together. He was the 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 technical side, so he was putting okay. he was coding us, you know, basically the infrastructure of what Lovebox is known today on a very foundational level, and then we could build, add all the bells and whistles later. It's funny, yeah. outside my door right here, I see a picture of our very first interface, and it looks hilarious compared to what it is now. And we yeah. have this four-stage evolution of all these different interfaces, and just that one I'm looking at was just bare bones. By seeing your co- insurance company and being able to open it and see your policies behind that. So, um, What made you feel like you had an idea, or what made you feel like, all right, I'm going to take a bunch of money and I'm going to make an app because I think we can sell this. Like, was there anything out there that you were kind of comparing yourself to and and saying, I think that there's space for this, or is there nothing out there and you feel like you can have a land grab and be the first to a space? There's um, a system, there's a, what's called an agency management system. So all independent insurance agencies have to have an agency management system in order to operate effectively. Those management systems do have a tack-on product, call it a client portal, and that client portal is added to their website, and the client can click on the client portal on the agency's website and log in to get their policies. That current product is, for lack of a better term, terrible. Uh, It doesn't work well. It's unreliable. It's cumbersome. The client typically doesn't even have an account. So it's a very interesting process right now. We said, why go that route? Why relying upon your management system to be a terrible experience for the client and too much work for the agency? They have to keep mm-hmm. it up to date, and if it's not up to date, you're displaying in you know inaccurate data to your client. Where our systems actually connecting to the company with the real data, with the real policy documents, and it's the interface of the agency. And so that's mm-hmm. where we said there's all this other stuff going on on the right-hand side of the table, but the left-hand side could be so much better. So we were just like, let's go the other route. No one's done that yet. Mm. So that's kind of the quick answer there. Yeah. And so when you were kind of coming up with this idea and you you had some passion for it or some excitement in it, did you do any industry research to say, okay, like – there's a million agencies out there. So if we can just get a percentage of that business, we'll have a viable company. Yeah, there's, um, I, I want to say there's about 45,000 independent agencies in the country. And okay. half, basically half of America buys policies from those independent agencies. The other, ha- the other half goes to what we call a captive company. A captive company is like a state farm or an all state yeah. where you literally just are calling them and buying from them. It's a one-to-one relationship. Whereas the independent agency is kind of a one-to-one-to-one because it's a bridge. Like the independent agency is writing you with a company that's they're just appointed with. So that's the difference there. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so you, the business is going. Things are going well then. I, and and have you guys, you know, what what does it look like now that you have have things rolling? Are you starting to hire staff and and kind of get the business going? We launched in July of 2019. That was our first day that we released it in the App Store for Android and okay. iPhone. And on uh, that day, we just were like, okay, the app is out there. Now what? So now we actually go and need to put a business behind the app because the app mm-hmm. was the, like, there's two sides of this thing. There's the app. Then there's yeah. the business. 
Um, so like just when you think of sports and there, you know, there's a business side and there's a sports side. So we're, right. we're, we're in the same boat here where we have a really good technology, but now we have to do something about it. And so, mm-hmm. uh, we had to establish our own operations, our own roles within my, the three of us, my brother, myself, and my business partner, Sean, um, Gosh, you have no idea how many hats we've worn throughout this yeah. process. It's like insane. I'm literally doing sales, marketing, accounting, um, you know, <laughs> taking out the trash and making the coffee and everything. So it's like, you know, yeah. everything behind that. But um, we just took on a seed round of $3 million in funding um, in March, uh, so a couple months ago. And so that allowed Congratulations. us to – Thank yeah. you. It's, it's a huge weight because it's validation of the entire process. And so we have – about 200 agencies that are licensing the technology, and we're, we need okay. to get to about a thousand agencies uh, by this time next year. Okay. So we have some work to do. Yeah. So uh, now you guys are like a subscription model, right? So it's it's kind of an agency pays a monthly uh, subscription for your your product, which is great because it just creates a lot of stability as you grow the business, right? You can kind of count on that money coming in on a consistent basis. Yeah. If you think of, uh, I don't know if you have an alarm system, but typically alarm systems have an app that you can access from your phone. Um, Mm -hmm. The one I have on my phone right now is alarm.com. And if anyone has an app uh, and a security system, they're probably using alarm.com. The actual company that I, you know, pay to do my security is Brinks Home Security, Mm -hmm. but they're using alarm.com as their technology. So we are the alarm.com of insurance, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Essentially, people are licensing your, your app or using your platform and then white labeling it to their business and their person and then getting that out uh, to offer to their customer. So they're essentially, is it something that somebody sells then as like, hey, you can pay for this, like Brink, right? They say, hey, sign up for alarm system, right? Pay X, Y, and Z a month. And then they use alarm.com in order to provide the actual service. Is it similar where an agency says, hey, we want to buy your, or, you know, subscribe to your service and then they try to sell it to their customers then or is it something yeah they don't even have to sell it actually we roll it out on their behalf so if you're john smith agency we'll just keep using him as an example we white label it by customizing it to him and then we take his client list believe it or not we import it into our system and then we're doing campaigns to invite his client base to get started Mm. in the john smith app so we're basically sending text messages and emails to all of his clients on a, a, a weekly basis saying, hey, if you haven't signed up yet, start your account here. And they click and, and start mm. their account, which is not a username and password, thank goodness. It's just a phone number and a two-step authenticated PIN number. So a very easy setup process. And then once they set up their account, they no longer receive those messages. So it's a very easy process to roll out. Now, so then have you seen uh, agencies that you're working with, they're saying, oh, our, our customer service calls are, are going down and and this is amazing. It's, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's calls are going down. Retention is going up because clients are having a better experience with that agency. Uh, they don't have to worry about you know calling you for anything simple. They have self-service options and people want to go on the Amazon and buy something right away. I also want that for my insurance. I want to just grab my ID card because I just got pulled over and I need to get my ID card in front of the cop. So that's the same thing. So it's quick and easy. Yeah. So how has it been working with your brother? You said when your dad 
you know, brought you into the business, you were excited to work with them and you were looking forward to that. Is there any tension at all? Like your big brother is your boss and like, you know, you guys are co-founders and partners and like, what what is that like? (laughs) It is interesting, man. We have yet to have like a firm business, like a firm, like disagreement on business. Yeah. Um, we will have it. I know it will happen, but we are, um, we're, we're decent humans. Like we are, we're not going to fight. We're not going to wrestle. We're just going to discuss how I haven't, it's funny. I just haven't had that issue come up yet. And it's because we're so like-minded at the end of the day and we're Mm -hmm. cut from the same cloth. And I think we understand the vision is most important, not the little details in between. And so it's all about this adventure. It's funny. I keep having to slow myself down every day because what I'm doing every day is, is the fun part. And then, you know, one day, you know, if we have the opportunity to be acquired or go public, then, you know, it'll, it'll be so worth it. But I just want to experience every day and chop it up and, and just know that this is what's the fun part right here. So, yeah, that's so true. I mean, I feel like as entrepreneurs, we're always looking at that big goal or that like that someday achievement. And sometimes you can miss that in between, which really is the most enjoyable part. And and when we look back at our life, it's really about those in-betweens that, that make up make your life so great, you know? Exactly. I mean, and it's interesting because I have two young ones at home and it's just like you come home from a busy day and then you get inside the front door and it's just as busy as it was at the office. So I'm running running 100 miles an hour regardless of where I am. But it's just like now we're in our prime. So let's just take make the most of it, you know, don't complain. So. Yeah, exactly. How have you, how has that been as far as, you know, having a family, uh, you know, wife, kids, uh, you know, being a co-founder, sometimes it seems like you probably don't have time to, to punch out that, that you're. Yeah. That's been a tough learning curve for my wife because, um, I, you know, God bless her heart. She's had to deal with all the, uh, the stuff at home. And, and when I come home and I still need to work, you know, burn the midnight oil, it's like, mm-hmm. sorry, honey, I, I want to watch that Netflix episode, but I just can't. So, yeah. um, that's been the hardest part, you know, she, she, she deserves all the credit. So that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's been, but you know, at the same time, like we're all going to benefit from it and we're doing things for our family now so that mm-hmm. they can all reap the benefits later. And so it's that whole, you know, same vision, same path of like, we just understand what this is doing for us. And so, yeah. um, yeah, breaking it down so, into little, into little, uh, sections helps. So, Yeah. Yeah, I definitely having somebody in your life that is on the same page as you and, and you know, helping uh, you achieve your goals. And I'm sure you're helping her achieve her goals. Um, yeah, uh, you definitely well. want to have those conversations early because yeah. when you're in the thick of it, you can't go back. And so it's really important to say I'm doing business with my business partners over here, but your partner is going to have to be bought in 150% too. So that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So as you guys grow, um, you know, what, what's next for you? Uh, I mean, as far as, is is growing the company, you, you said you have like a CTO, you have a CEO, your brother, co-founder, and then another partner. What's, what's his role in yeah, the company? Yeah. He's the chief information officer, but he really okay. did everything operational. So. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Again, it's like, I, I've worked for a few startups and it's always, you're the jack of all trades, you know, you have to have a title, but you're doing a hundred things. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like titles are funny sometimes. So 
Yeah. And so what kind of, I mean, what kind of goals are you setting for your guys' self right now? You, you, you launched your, your app last year. Did you see with COVID and, and all that stuff that took place or you said 2019, so 2020, what was that year like as far as, as business goes? We got so lucky, man. It's because COVID that we were able to actually format our business over that past year to get mm. it to where it is now, where it's pretty much plug and play. Yeah. It allowed, like, everyone took a pause for the most part for the first few months of COVID and, like, okay, nothing's going to be bought, sold, you know, anything. So we got a chance to yeah. catch up. I think that was a huge, huge benefit for us. If there was a silver lining of COVID, it was that. Um, so that was interesting. But really right now it's um, adding team members. We have, shoot, we have about five – we have six employees in, uh, that are that are staffed up. And so that's just going to build over the coming months to double double that number here soon. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now what, what was the thought behind, um, you know, hiring in-house or contracting or anything like that? Was there any thought to doing anything different other than just hiring – um, cause I, I would assume that the people you were hiring are like customer service agents essentially where yeah, yeah, we somebody call signs up and then they help someone get on the platform and yeah, you know, we call whatnot. them agency success managers. Uh, they okay. help maintain a good relationship, help the agency maximize the technology. And then we have someone who's helping with uh, client experience. So like if the policyholder of the agency is having problems, that's our tech support. And so we help, we help them. Um, then we have a brand ambassador helping with the brand. Um, you know, whether it's social media or partnerships or, you know, helping me with lead generation for the company is getting the live demos taken care of. And so that team is growing. Now the part of contractors is really on the development side because our technology mm-hmm. needs to evolve. And so we are contracting out the development um, because mm-hmm. that's an, a little bit easier to contract out than like, you know, your full time person that you really should have here right. helping out. So that's how we broke it up. Yeah. Yeah. What, what have you found to be the... I would say, I guess the most difficult part of, of starting your own thing. Hmm. Gosh, personally, it's the accounting because like there's so much involved in the accounting and the fun, the financing, of course, like how did, by the way, I didn't even mention we paid for the first year and a half of the platform. So like development was about just to give you an example, about 25,000 a month in just development. So we were, we were personally backing that personally financing that, um, you know, and I know that's just because of the way we were set up when we were bought out of our agency, but it still hurts to pay it's a, yeah. the front load. Striking that check every month. Oh. You're like, oh. I have my very first check I wrote to the company sitting over here. I'm going to frame it. That thing is worth gold. Um, but, you know, so funding your own company and finding the financing for it, if you were to not have that available, is definitely going to be the hardest thing and the mm-hmm. hardest pill to swallow. And, um Gosh, what's funny too is like we had a product that we were ready to license to agencies, but we'd have no operation behind how it's all going to work. Like onboarding Mm. an agency and getting them like launched, like, hey, we're sending this out to all your clients. There needs to be a process behind that. And like campaigns that follow like, hey, here's how to use the app so you don't download it and forget about it. So like we have campaigns built and... Oh, it's, and choosing your right systems that you're going to use, your core systems like CRMs or, you know, we use HubSpot. So that's been huge mm-hmm. for us. But that's also expensive and a learning curve. But, gosh, it's going to take time to make sure that it's all working right. And uh, we're finally at that point here in, um, you know, June of, of 2021 and feeling really good about where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, I'm excited for you. I, I think uh, – 
you know, it, it sounds like a fun adventure so far. And, and there's something about, um, you know, being a part of something that you own, that you help create, um, that definitely is extremely rewarding and, um, you know, something that, that you can really, you know, take pride in, you know, that it's, it's like, you're not working to build someone else's dream. You're working to build your own dream. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's really cool, man. I think listeners should, if they have any thought at all towards something, that's a cool idea. Just start collaborating on how it could be possible. And one day you're going to get the itch to go make it happen. And I think it's so worth it. It's a lot of stress on the front, but when you get to the point of like, everything's built, we just need to, you know, make it, push it through it's a mm-hmm. very fun process right now and so getting it's all worth it is what i'm getting at yeah like it's all yeah. worth it so yeah that's awesome that's awesome all right hey i got a podcasting card here i want to ask you a uh, it's either going to be a would you rather or it's going to be an open ended question oh, <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, see what this what this is so all right question is cereal soup why or why not Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like that doesn't even add up to me. Uh, gosh. Cereal is soup. That is an interesting question because in, in, on one hand, right, you have soup, which has something in it and some sort of broth. And then you have cereal, which is something in it. And then some sort of broth also known as milk. milk. Yeah. I was going to say, there's only one way to do cereal, man. If it's water, I'm not here for it. So like, we can't be having that conversation. <laughs> like, come on now. Cereal is defined as, you know, having milk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is it, would it be considered a breakfast soup? I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. All right. Good question. That's fair. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what to tell you, but, uh, um, you can debate that on, on your, your own. I'm going to ask my family now. That's a good <laughs> that's one. That's right. Exactly. When you go home. Yeah. Hey babe, is cereal a soup? Uh, she's like, <laughs> what did you do today? <laughs> I was on the Friday Habit podcast. There it is. <laughs> Uh, they do some fun stuff over there. That's right. Hey, uh, Andy, uh, if, if people are curious maybe to ask you some more questions about starting a business, developing an app or anything like that, where can uh, they get a hold of you? I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great platform for this kind of stuff. Uh, you can find me, Andy Matheson, spelled M-A-T-H-I-S-E-N. And I'm always available. I'll certainly take your connection and uh, open up that message if you have one. Perfect. And then where can people go to check out Glovebox and uh, yeah. learn more about technology? And maybe we have some insurance people listening in on the show right now, and uh, they might want to partner with you or something like that. Couldn't agree more. Um, so gloveboxapp.com is the quick way to get some info about us. And then if you're curious to check it out on your phone to download the native app, uh, you can simply go to your app store and, and search Glovebox. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you guys so much. Uh, if, if you have more questions about the Friday Habit, uh, go to thefridayhabit.com, and there you can find show notes for this episode. You can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your vi- business. Uh, don't forget to go on to iTunes and subscribe, rate the show, leave a review. It helps us get the word out and reach more people. Uh, Also, if you'd like to ask Ben or I a question uh, or have some sort of inquiry about the business, go ahead and leave us an email or send us an email at hello at the Friday habit.com. You can also send us a voice memo. If you want to maybe be on the show, leave us a voicemail. You can record a voice memo and email it to hello at the Friday habit.com. 
Until next time, guys, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>